You're listening to the Phantom Tilt Pinball Podcast. Coming to you from the lonely Outback Pin Shack in the middle of Western Australia. Hello listeners and welcome to episode 2 of the Phantom Tilt Pinball Podcast. Thank you very much for joining me again. If you've come back, then episode one mustn't have been too painful to listen to. But uh, I need to thank my lovely wife, Kimber, for joining me on that one and helping get me through it, because I certainly would have struggled so much more if I was on my own. And uh, she just helps to sort of calm me down and keep me on track and get me talking. So... We'll see how we go with this one. Kimber's not here today. She's she's out at work and we're gearing up to take Twilight Zone down to Perth on a 12-hour drive uh, to get fixed up. Yeah, unfortunately, we have to head down there uh, for a funeral. My grandmother passed away recently um, just after my grandfather passed away just before Christmas, so a bit of a bit of a gut punch there there's never a an age where you're okay with letting someone go but um she was 92 years old she had lived a an amazing life full full life full of family and laughter and happiness so um yeah now she gets to go and, and be with our grandy and and just uh be out of pain i guess she she always had a lot of pain i remember even as a little kid she had a lot of pain with her arthritis and and things like that so yeah never never easy but it's one of those things we're going to go and celebrate her life and and we're going to be um be around family again which is always a nice thing so i'm having a few electrical issues in there which is obviously something that i've done because it was playing perfectly before i went and pulled it all apart and uh had some upgrades put in there and and re-decaled the outside of the cabinet which Kimber helped me massively with I wouldn't have been able to get it done without her but I've gone to put it all back together and now I'm getting some sort of ground short in there and I think that I've traced it back to the clock but I'm not 100% certain on that so we're going to take it down there give it to the professional who knows a lot more about what he's doing than I do uh, and he can you know use all the proper gear to check it out so that I don't do something irreversible. So that'll be Jason from Pimp My Pin that's going to be looking at that. He's a bit of a wizard in restoring pins and and getting them back to their former glory. I think he's doing a getaway at the moment, high speed too. So that'll look amazing. Uh, I think today, it's not going to be a super long episode, but We'll run through a few things, a few things that I forgot to talk about on the first episode, and yeah, just have a quick chat before we head down to Perth and and get this Twilight Zone all, all back up and running. And we'll also be going on holiday as well, so it might be a couple of weeks before we get another episode recorded. So I'm going to quickly run through the Twippy Award winners. Uh, we spoke about it briefly on the, on the uh, last episode, but... I'll just run through the winners. We've got best theme is Spooky's Scooby-Doo. Best sound, music 
call-outs and sound effects was Foo Fighters. Uh, the best mod was Stumblor's Noodle Bar for Godzilla. That looks nuts. These Stumblor guys, they have such awesome mods. Uh, especially, I checked out the Godzilla ones just recently. And one of them, I think it was the subway building, where it looks like it's been cut by Godzilla's atomic breath. And uh, it glows and, and just, that looks so awesome. I, I'm really a big fan of that. And when we do get a Godzilla, I'll definitely be jumping on the on the list to get a few of those. The uh, favorite pinball convention was the Chicago Pinball Expo, who's in their 40th year this year. So congratulations to them. The best toys and mechs went to Barrels of Fun's Labyrinth, which is well-deserving. They've got some really, really cool uh, sculpts and, and mechs in there. The favorite pinball location went to Next Level Pinball Museum in Hillsborough, Oregon, who I think have won it three times in a row now. So that's pretty impressive. They must have a pretty cool setup. I hope that when we get over to the US, we can jump over to the West Coast for a bit and uh, and check them out. That'll be awesome. The best animations and display went to Foo Fighters as well. Who That, that was a really, really cool idea uh, to not just have the game centered around the band, but also put a bit of a story in there with the Overlord. And, and that really lent itself to some cool animations the best rules the lyman f sheets award lyman f sheets jr sorry <laughs> uh went to foo fighters also that was accepted by raymond davidson in a pretty interesting getup. i don't know if he had a big night or what but <laughs> I, I had a great laugh and i could see people in the chat they were really enjoying his getup. uh favorite top arm went to barrels of funds labyrinth i think we spoke about that in the first episode where you know, the three goblins on top that can turn their heads, their eyes light up, they talk to you. Best artwork went to Foo Fighters. There's a bit of a theme going on here, isn't there? And that's by Zombie Yeti, of course, Jeremy Packer. This has got to be his probably third in a row, I think. Twippy. Best playfield gameplay and layout went to Foo Fighters, accepted by Jack Danger. And... The favourite pinball content creator went to Kerry Hardy. Very, very well deserved. Man, Kerry Hardy, he puts out just awesome YouTube videos. If you haven't seen him, go check him out. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you know who he is. And that was presented by Todd Tucky, who's always always a good laugh. He had a bit of fun with it. And, of course, Game of the Year, have a guess. Stern Pinball's Foo Fighters. I think we all saw that coming because... I mean, Jack Danger knocked it out of the park with this one. And his full, oh, sorry, his first cornerstone was a home run. So I'm really keen to see what he follows that up with. It's going to be exciting. So I mentioned before that we're heading down to Perth. I've got to get Twilight Zone fixed. I'm a bit disappointed because I was planning to have that in the West Coast Pinball Festival that's coming up soon. And... That's running from the 8th to the 10th of March in Perth at the Belmont Racecourse. We haven't, we didn't go last year. Uh, obviously, it's a bit of a bit of a drive to head down there, and we've got to take Hank with us. So we're going to go down this year. It happens to fall when I'm not working. We're really excited about that. Uh, well, I am at least. Uh, 
I don't know if Kimber knows exactly what she's got herself in for because there's three full days. Well, sorry. There's three days of pinball going on. There's free play sessions. There's tournaments. It's going to be a big, big weekend. So starting on Friday the 8th of March, doors open at 5.30 p.m. for a free play session. And then there's a Friday night comp at 7 p.m. And then it's free play all the way up until 11 p.m. And then Saturday morning will be there. Doors open 9 a.m. You've got the Little Wizards tournament for kids, I'm guessing. <laughs> or just small pinball players. No, I'm sure that's a kids tournament. 9.30 a.m. Women's tournament kicks off at 10.30 a.m. I would have loved Kim to go on this. I think that she would do really well. But I think she just doesn't really want to put the pressure of the tournament hanging over the weekend. I know she would take that really seriously and, and it might you know make her a bit anxious. So I totally understand there. And then there's the Australian National Championships qualifying at 10 a.m. So yeah, the Australian Championships are being held at the West Coast Pinball Festival this year. And we had the state championships in Perth at Planet Royale. I think it was the first week of Feb. But yeah, Anthony Cirillo, Tony Cirillo, who's uh, he took it out for the second year in a row, I believe. And then in second place, I'm pretty sure there was Ash Retzlaff, who's well known in the uh, WA pinball community. Then third, I believe it was Jeff Giblet. And fourth, Jason Matisic, who is the fellow I'm taking Twilight Zone to to fix up. So not only a very, very talented pinball tech, but a master player as well, heading up the WA rankings. So moving on, we've got a Saturday afternoon session that kicks off with free play at 1pm. Then there's some more qualifying for the national championships and then there's a saturday afternoon flip-off competition which starts at 1 p.m there's a free play session until doors close at 4 30 and then they open back up again at 5 30 for free play there's a saturday night comp and then there's another free play session that goes until 11 p.m so heaps of pinball there in the first two days then we've got the super session sunday that's going from 10 a.m We've got the Battle Royale competition at 10.30. The Australian National Championship finals at also at 10.30. And the awards ceremony presentation at 2pm. And then a free play session up until 4pm the doors close. That's a huge weekend of pinball. And I'm really looking forward to it. I can imagine that uh, Kimber might be getting a little bit sick of it. No, I'm sure she won't. She's pretty excited for it as well i'm just a bit disappointed that i can't put twilight zone in this especially with the australian championships being there uh i spoke to lance who's sort of running the uh festival earlier he said they didn't have a twilight zone going in there at the moment so uh i jumped at that opportunity and said look oh well opportunity you know opportunity to help out and said yeah i'd love to put it in so I really started working away on it and unfortunately somewhere along the way something's gone wrong there and it needs to be looked at professionally so I'll give him more of an update when I actually have something to update about 
and a resolution to that. Now, the other thing that's happening when we go down to Perth is I'm going in my first pinball tournament. That's at Planet Royale uh, on the 17th of Feb. And they always do this comp called Royale Rumble. Uh, that will be an experience for me. I'm sure I'll get my ass kicked and handed back to me, but I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the experience, getting to meet new people, getting to just see that environment of what the tournaments are like. You hear so much about it, and uh, I just don't think you get the feel from it by just listening to people talk about their experiences, but getting in there and, and getting involved will be will be really cool. And speaking of, you know, meeting more people, I just I just can't believe like how welcoming the pinball hobby is ninety nine percent of the time. You know, you've always got the the gatekeepers and the people with a bit of attitude online or on Facebook that think that they need to <laughs> you know, tell people how little they know or how wrong their opinions are, but 99% of it has been fantastic, you know. I've I've never had, you know, I've never really had friends and and when I did have friends or make a friend, I sort of tended to come on too strong. So I'd, later on in my life I'd be told that I'm like too good of a friend and it's a bit weird. So like I'd offer to go way out of my way to help people and and I think they were a bit put off by that actually. Uh you know, just just thinking I was a bit of a weirdo, but I think I just wanted to make friends so badly that I would, you know, put myself way out of my way. Um, and that might have come across as a bit weird, but being a part of pinball is the first time I felt like I'm not forcing my way into a community or a group of people, but more being welcomed into it. And I think that maybe a lot of people can relate to that, uh, and that might actually be why it's so welcoming. So you know in sports and my other clubs I've sort of been an outsider and and not quite on the same wavelength as everyone else and that's definitely not how I feel in pinball so that's another appeal of it to me so <laughs> you can tell by the fact that I'm actually putting out a podcast that I feel confident to put my thoughts out there and as if you know what I think well sorry what I think and feel matters and that it might be of interest to someone or someone can hear this and be very new to the hobby and, and get some advice from it or just at least something to laugh at, you know. If you're having a laugh at me uh, chatting away to myself and making an idiot of myself, then then that's all I um, that's all I ask. Now, I forgot to mention, I gave a shout-out to Orbital Albert last episode who was so welcoming to me when I reached out to him and, and just very friendly and we... We uh, had a few things in common. We're, we're both Edmonton Oilers fans. We both love Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> he's our favourite player. Um, and we just really hit it off that way. But I forgot to mention his podcast, the Pinball Nerds Podcast. Please go and have a listen to it. It's fantastic. He will put himself down for rambling and going off topic, but you need to get over and have a listen to it. It's just those are the little things that make it feel genuine. You get to see into his life and what it's like, see all his ventures that he's going on uh, or that he's um, exploring. He's got a collectibles company. I think it's called Cosmic Collectibles. 
go and go and check out the Pinball News podcast on the Poor Man Pinball Network. It's well worth a listen. And same goes to Don Don's Pinball Podcast. Now we've spoken about how we live in the middle of nowhere, and I'll be quite confident to say we're the only people in this town with a pinball machine in their house. But we've actually got a couple of pinball machines down at the pub, uh, which is one of two pubs in this little town. We've got a Black Knight Sword of Rage Pro and a Stern NBA. Now, I'm pretty sure that the Stern NBA is a relatively rare title. And Black Knight Sword of Rage seems to be really sought after especially the pro which we for some reason we've got one in there uh, i don't know who operates them i don't know where they came from but all i know is that after we got jurassic park and bought it home we went to the pub one day and then all of a sudden there were two pinball machines in there so for living in a very small town we're pretty lucky to have you know a couple of other games that we can go and play on and have a bit of fun with uh, i do think they need a bit of a clean i We'll probably go and offer to just pull off the glass, give it a good clean out and maybe a bit of a polish and wax just to, you know, just for free, just to help them out. Because, I mean, I'm going to be playing these games more than anything and probably more than anyone else in that pub. Uh, I know that I've got my initials on there a few times. But just the fact that we've got those games there to practice on, especially one like the Black Knight Sword of Rage Pro, which is a nice, fast, hard game. Uh, I'm a big fan of it and I think the fact that having it there and being able to play it a lot without owning it necessarily has made me a fan of it where I wouldn't probably if I had a big bank of games at a nice barcade that that you've got that much choice I might not have gone for the Black Knight sort of Rage Pro but this has forced me to, to give it a shot and I've ended up really liking it. There was a cool story that I saw on Nap Arcade from Jason Knapp, Santa Cruz Skateboards are releasing pinball-themed decks. Now, this is a bit of a crossover into my other sort of hobby, which is, has been skateboarding. Santa Cruz Skateboards' Fabiana Delfino Pinball Pro-shaped deck. I don't know. It's not necessarily pinball-related, but I thought that was pretty cool. Now, I guess the biggest story probably from the last 24 hours is the Jaws Pinball ball eater mod that came out from interactive pinball now i'll read from nap arcade here interactive pinball maker of the jerry ramp mod for spooky pinballs rick and morty and the launching rocket and playing piano mods for bally twilight zone has designed a shark mod for jaws that eats the ball the mod includes a custom sculpted shark head subway system vuck and more for 475 us dollars now this is really cool the way that he's Tee this up and utilize the optos from the existing captive ball system. Yeah, it's just quite ingenious. They've got, yeah, so the ball goes down into the shark's mouth, kicks up from the buck, and then up onto your ramp and back to your flipper, I'm guessing. Uh, it looks neat. Yeah. I guess my first instinct was a little bit of worry that. You're going to rip a shot hard up the middle and, and smack into the back of the shark's throat there uh, and do some damage. But look, I'm sure these guys have tested it very thoroughly. There's a bit of movement when the ball goes down into the shark's mouth. It whips around a bit. And they did say that they didn't, you know, they're not recentering the shark every time, which I don't know if I would like that just because 
you know, I'd, I'd probably struggle to dial in the shot if you need to adjust it every time. But I guess you've got to keep an eye on where the shark finishes and then adjust it a bit earlier or later, depending on that. Great, a great idea, an innovation that's going to make some people happy that weren't too happy when the shark didn't eat the ball, you know, but that's all I'm going to say on that. It's uh, That topic has been absolutely beaten to death. We got a bit of an update as to what Multimorphic is doing next with their P3 system. Josh Kugler, or Kugler, sorry, I've only seen it written, I haven't heard it said, was revealed as the programmer for Multimorphic's next game. This is also coming from Nap Arcade. And the game is called is codenamed Nitrogen. So not that I'd expect to take anything from that. But he was the lead programmer for American Pinball on Houdini, Oktoberfest, and Hot Wheels. So got a bit of a resume going there. And it'll be interesting to see what he does. You know, we saw Scott Denisi design Final Resistance after coming off massive hits with TNA and Rick and Morty. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the next module's going to be. Not really my thing from just looking at it. I haven't been able to play one, but from people who have actually played it, they're big fans and they say that it feels like, you know, it feels like pinball. So I guess I've got to just hold off on judgment before I actually get to play one. How about Spooky sending out the first lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Looney Tune pinball machines? So we saw some posts from them, boxing up, shipping out. I I think that Texas Chainsaw Massacre looks awesome. That the modes, the callouts, the whole vibe of the game sucked me in when initially, like I'm sure a lot of people are with a lot of games, they're turned off instantly by the theme. I thought, there's no way you can have this in the home. It's like, has this unsettling feeling to it. But it looks like a really fun game. And I'm hoping that I can play one. I know that, again, to to mention him again, Jason from Pimp My Pin, he's a collector of those fine, oh, sorry, more, more boutique games. Not that Spooky really is a boutique manufacturer anymore but they've certainly ramped things up yeah you can't really stick them in the same sort of class as american pinball i think they sit above them and your chicago gaming companies and haggis and and people like that i think that they're they sort of are a bit more mainstream than that nonetheless uh yeah jason has had a couple of spooky machines i believe he's got the uh, Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle at the moment, which I, I was lucky enough uh, he let me play when I was there last time, as well as uh, Dutch Pinball's Big Lebowski. And I love that game. The art on it, the call-outs, the music, that screen and the way that it is, not quite an LCD screen, screen uh, not quite a <laughs> dot matrix display or a color DMD sort of setup. But just that grainy, 90s looking, it looks like it's from the era. And the shots are great. Yeah, that that game is a hit. And no wonder it's fetching such a high price. And I know there's been dramas with the manufacturing and people not getting their games for 10 years. But it, it is a fantastic game. And I think 
if I end up, you know, stocking up our games room in the in the next uh, pin shack, then I'll be keeping an eye out if one comes up for sale. If we get the games, all the games that we wanted, and then we've got a bit of room left, I might put out a wanted ad and, and just say, you know, got the cash there, Sid, and give me a big Lebowski. And I think I'm going to have to do that for a Rick and Morty because I'm a big fan of that. And that looks like a hard but fun game to play. Now, I guess the last thing to quickly talk about is uh, TPF coming up, Texas Pinball Festival. I think it's their 20th anniversary. I think I read that somewhere. I could be wrong, but I think it's their 20th anniversary, which is very exciting. That's March 15th to 17th over there. And I know Dwight Sullivan's going to be there. That's the sort of first story on their page. And Dwight did the code for Ghostbusters, Star Trek, The Next Generation. Um, What else did he do? Star Wars. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that Star Wars is his best code i think it's ghostbusters but you know a lot of people are fans of his work a lot of people aren't fans of his work but regardless uh he's made some fantastic code and he he loves a light show that's all i say he loves a light show what are we going to see at texas pinball festival this year what could possibly top the madness of of the last one where we had uh an influx of game releases we had gtf we had uh, pop fiction we had Foo Fighters there. We had Final Resistance there, even from Multimorphic. It's going to be a hard one to top last year's, but I'm excited to see what is revealed there. There's some rumors that Americans, American Pinball's next game is going to be there. Who knows? But like we said on episode one, there's not a lot of solid rumors about what's coming next. So it's going to be an exciting time. They reckon that Stern's next cornerstone might be revealed in April. Not sure, but we'll keep an eye out for that. For now, I'm going to probably leave it there. This is a bit of a shorter episode. I hope you enjoyed it regardless. Go and check out Phantom Tilt Pinball on Facebook, Phantom Tilt on Instagram, and send me an email at phantomtiltpod at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day and be good to each other. This has been the Phantom Tilt Pinball Podcast. Please rate and review us wherever you choose to listen. You can write into phantomtiltpod at gmail.com and find us on Facebook at Phantom Tilt Pinball or Instagram at Phantom Tilt, where you can follow our pinball journey.